This is the Vent Time with Connie podcast, where we discuss topics that can be controversial or uncontroversial. Topics range from family, faith, lifestyle, you name it. No topic is off limits. All right, sit back and relax. Here is your host of the show, Connie. Welcome back to another episode of Ventime with Connie podcast. I'm your host, Connie. How has your year been so far? Can you believe January is over and February is like over? Because this is the last day. Can you believe that? Because I cannot. I feel like the months are running so fast. I don't know. How do you feel? Do you think it's going fast or do you think it's going slow? So uh, we have like, what, 10 more months to go this year? And I hope you are using your months, weeks, days, and time wisely for the glory of God. Just a, re- just a reminder, be thoughtful and productive with the 24 hours, 365 days, and 52 weeks. The Lord has given you every year to use it for his glory because God cares what you do with them and how you make use of it. Putting it out there for anyone that might need to hear this. It's never too late if you feel like you have kind of um, messed up already, you know, blown, blown it. It's never too late. You know, you always have the time, the opportunity to regroup and turn to God and ask for grace to glorify him with the remaining days you have this year. Well, how are you guys doing? How are you? How is your soul? Is the worries of the word and deceitfulness of riches and busyness of the world controlling you? Because if it is, then your joy will be lost and your life will be full of fear and anxiety. You know how that affects our health and everything else in our lives. Call this to mind, sisters. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encaps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, test and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lion suffers warrants and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. That would be Psalm 34, verses 5 to 10. Today's episode, I believe, will be short. Well, I hope it will be short. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. It's pretty much um, what I'm currently learning in my life at the moment. And I wanted to share with you. Hopefully, you'll be encouraged as I am. So I'll be talking about this sin of self-preservation, how it can camouflage itself in our lives as discretion or prudence. If you are interested in hearing what I have to say about this, grab yourself a cup of coffee or water. Relax, let's dive in. Keep on listening. So there are tons of things I can talk about that is more important, prevalent in our culture than self-preservation. So why talk about this, you might ask. You know, you might even say to yourself, Connie, are you running out of things to talk about? (laughs) 
No, I'm not running out of things to talk about. This sin is something the Lord has revealed in, to me in my life that has affected affected me negatively, negatively how I live out my Christian lives in regards to evangelizing and fellowship with other sisters. When I observe our culture, I see this sin permeate our society as well. I must say it is relevant and needs to be brought to light. What is self-preservation? Google says it is the protection of oneself oneself from harm or death, especially in, in regards uh, especially regarded as a basic instinct in human beings and animals. So that's the positive side of it and can be seen as a necessary survival skill to possess as human. It is reasonable, you know, to teach your kids, do not put your hands on the stove or gas cooker. You know, so that's common sense. You need to teach them that. And that's not what I'm talking about today. There's another kind of self-preservation that is not pleasing to God. A secular, um, secular, a secular podcast describes the negative part of self-preservation in a way that I thought it is helpful. The name of the podcast is the Liberator, Liberator um, Podcast. That's L-I-B-E-R-A-T-O-R Podcast. And I'm going to quote um, what they said in episode 19 that, that is titled, Leadership and the Danger of Self-Preservation. This is what they said about the negative part of self-preservation, and I quote, Self-preservation is the overprotection of the things that you are afraid of losing, and this overprotection causes all types of insecurity, negative consequences, and emotion, emotional drama. The irony is, however, that when you overprotect something, you actually lose what you are trying to protect much faster. Close quote. This is what the, the word is saying about it. So the world can see there is something wrong about that. Okay, disclaimer. I am not recommending the Liberator podcast because I do not listen to them. So I can't co-sign everything they are saying or have said on their podcast. I'm just quoting something they said that is helpful to today's um, topic. As believers of Jesus Christ, we do not get our cues from the word. We get our standards from Jesus Christ where the word of God laid out for us to do and be. But I think we as Christians can learn a lot from observing the world around us. And truth of God is being proven in the lives of unbelievers. For instance, we know from the word of God, God hates divorce. It is evident in our culture why God hates divorce. Look look around you. Look how divorce destroys destroy families and leave all parties, including children, distraught and broken. I can name so many other examples God's law has been proving over and over again. So you can see that God's law is right, just, perfect, and good for us. But I'm not going to list them all on this episode. That will probably be another episode, but let's move on to the topic, okay? Going back to the quote I mentioned earlier from the Liberator, Liberator podcast, you can see that the negative part of self-preservation can lead to you losing the very thing that you are trying to protect and therefore causing harm to yourself. That brings us to the direction I want to go with this topic. 
when I think of self-preservation, where in the scripture it 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 warns it, it warns us against it. I say somewhere probably on Sermon on Mount, on, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew ten, and uh, also First Peter two, and so many other of course passages. Um, I can't think of them all right now. We will look at these passages that I just mentioned to get an idea what this sin is and why it hinders us from leaving out our calling as believers. I'll be talking about this in relation to how we interact with one another because God did not create Adam alone, but he created Eve and commanded Adam and Eve to be fruitful and fill the earth. That's why the world is full of people. God created us to be in fellowship with him and with each other. Sin separated us from God, but by God's grace, we are made right with God by the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. So through faith in Christ, we are reconciled with God. And the result of that reality in our lives is we are reconciled with each other. Praise God, you know, praise God for the gospel because it is what God uses to bring men and women to him through his begotten son, Jesus Christ. You know, God cares about how we relate to one another. In fact, the scripture is full of, you know, how we should love one another, those one another passages. So anything that hinders us from obeying God's command should be put away. I will submit to you, self-preservation is one of them. I struggle coming up with the definition of the sin of self-preservation. I just resolved in describing it, you know, like where it shows up in our life in an attempt in an, in an attempt to show you why it is dangerous and destructive. The, the first one on my list where self-preservation shows up in our lives is evangelism. We know in Matthew 28, 19, our Lord commanded his disciples saying, go therefore and make, dis- and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Close quote. If you profess to be a believer of Jesus Christ, having experienced new birth, you take words of your Lord seriously, which is also our Lord, and wants to obey him. Also, because Romans 5, 5 says, the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. We are able to love as God loves, life of God living in us and enables us to love like him. That's an awesome news, and we should not be only hearing it and agreeing to this truth, but wanting to live it out. One way we can live that out um, is by is by witnessing to you know your unbelieving family members, your unbelieving friends, unbelieving neighbors, or co-workers. There are some Many reasons believers today hesitate to or struggle to share the gospel to unbelievers. But I would suggest self-preservation is one of them. We are thinking a lot of ourselves, not enough of God. We are so occupied with ourselves, we do not have time to observe and ask important questions to our neighbors that will reveal their spiritual state. We care more about our comfort, how we feel, how we feel, and how others view us, that we care little of others in front of us. We do, not, we do not want to lose the acceptance we have gained from our friends, 
because it makes us feel temporarily safe knowing that I have people to hang out with or come to my events so that it would look like I have someone or people in my corner to do life with. The truth is, we all like companions. I think that comes from how we are created by God to be with each other, not to be alone. But that desire should never trump obeying God. God knew we are meant to be with each other before he commanded us to share the gospel to everyone. I believe we can trust him. He knows the best for us because he is perfectly wise and perfectly good. I must admit it hurts when people you love do life with for so long. Now you, ha you are saved and you see their need for a savior. You obey Christ and share the gospel with them and it resulted to them cutting you off or the relationship ending. I believe God do not want us to be in denial of the hurt it brings. Rather, bring the hurt to him in submission that he cares for you. We should not make matters we should not take matters into our own hands and choose to protect ourselves from the hurt by compromising the truth of God or avoiding bringing up the scriptures or the invitation of the gospel to our friends or families. When we do that, we are not trusting God and his plan of salvation for mankind. We are not loving God or our friends. We are actually loving ourselves. Our Lord said this in Matthew 10. We're going to start from verse 34, read down to verse 39. It says, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Close quote. That is Matthew 10, 34 to 39. Ladies, you cannot love more than God. The Bible says God is love. It is his nature, his character. He has been that way since the beginning. That's not how we are defined in the scripture. We are born haters of God and one another. But by God's grace, he, he showed mercy on us by causing us to be born again and saved by grace through faith. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we are being taught how to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. If we are love, we won't be commanded to love. If it is something we can produce naturally, no, we can't in our own strength love like how God loves, which is the true, pure, and sacrificial love. So when you read passages like Matthew 10, 34 to 39 that I just read, and you think in your heart that that sounds mean, it is your price speaking. You don't get to define love, God does, because he is love. So I exhort us to ask God to humble us so that we can learn from Christ. Stop preserving our image, reputation with others, 
in exchange of the truth of the living God. It is not worth it. Love your friends. Love your friends enough to tell them the path that they are heading to is dead, but there is hope. Jesus can redeem them just like he has redeemed you. Our Redeemer leave it. Always remember that. Okay, the second place self-preservation shows up in our lives, in our fellowship with other believers. For instance, when you are around other believers, instead of being honest and real, but you are tempted to act super spiritual or avoid conversation altogether to reduce the risk of saying the wrong thing. All this is done because we wanted to protect ourselves like our weaknesses or flaws. The church should be f- should be people that understand weaknesses or n- not be surprised by weaknesses at all. Why? Because we are all weak and without God's grace, we are nothing. We are redeemed sinners and are aware of our sins more than before. I think when we have this in mind, we can freely be ourselves around each other, have deep and genuine conversation, conversation, not just, hi, how are you? I'm fine. And then you move on, you know, without digging deep and really checking on each other. Stop the pretense. We all know we are weak and sinful and need grace every day. I think this should be an encouragement to us to respond to others kindly, kindly and graciously when they are being honest about being honest about sins they are struggling with. Okay, now I'm going to talk about the three lessons I am learning or how to modify self-preservation in our life, in my life, and I want to share with you. The number one is you are not the center of your universe. People like people liking you or hating you would not make a huge difference in their lives in the large scheme of things. Number three, freedom comes when you surrender freely your honor, reputation to Christ, and throw yourself upon the gracious arms of God. Then you'll be liberated from fear of man and can freely obey Christ. So th- those are the three lessons. Now, let's open our Bible. If you're driving, please do not open your Bible. But if you're not, if you can, um, let's open our Bible to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 18, and we'll stop in verse 23. The Word of God says, Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to, to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing, when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God, for to this you have been called. Because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that so that you might follow in his footsteps, in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued trusting him, entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Close quote. I think it is safe to conclude that the root of 
Self-preservation is pride. I think it's safe to say that. Ultimately, people's attention, admiration, acceptance cannot fulfill our longing. Only God can do that. If you are a follower of Christ, you are adopted into the family of God. God has fixed his eyes on you. You are accepted in his presence all the time. God cannot be distracted. He does not change. He is very stable and his steadfast love endures forever. So sister, fix your eyes on Jesus. He has everything you need and he's your shield and rock. His word is a shield. You can never come up with any better protective measure than what his word provides already. So I will stop here. Um, I hope all this encourages you and make you um, causes you to examine your heart to see if you are self-preserving instead of loving sacrificially. I'm not coming to you as someone who already got this, but someone who is a learner. Isn't that what it means to be a disciple of Jesus? We are continuing submitting ourselves to the teaching of Christ. So please, if you are encouraged by this podcast, please do consider subscribing to us in Apple Podcasts or Spotify, rating us so that this podcast will be recommended by to others so that they can be encouraged as well. Leave us a review. We would love to hear from you or email us your questions or suggestions. Well, I hope you have a wonderful week. Until next time, do not be ashamed of the gospel. Fight the good fight of faith and let the love of Christ control you. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Vent Time with Connie podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you listen to podcasts. Please don't forget to like, rate, review, or share this podcast. Do you have any feedback or questions for Connie or any topics you'd like to discuss on the show? Connie loves communicating with our listeners. You can find her on Instagram and Facebook at Vent Time with Connie or send an email to venttimewithconnie at yahoo.com. Until next time, remain blessed.